It's the hat trick for Marky Mark Wahlberg. Welcome to episode 46 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film, Spencer Confidential. I'm really, truly disappointed by how much you guys love CNN. What's your problem? I love the Comos far more than I love CNN. Me too. I love them. I've loved Chris for a long time, but this has really put it over the edge. I didn't know too much about Andrew, and I'm just loving their dynamic. There's a a lot of people named Chris who you heap a lot of praise on other than me. (laughs) (laughs) We've discussed this before. Oh, we have to do a new Chris rankings? Yeah. Oh, there, shit. It, it's gonna. It's only getting harder for you. I'm somewhere like 60% from the top, you know? You're above I'm Pratt. Like, You'll always be above Pratt. You'll always thanks. be thanks. above Pratt. You'll always be above Pratt and Hemsworth for me. Oh, I don't know. And Oh, no. You'll always be above Pratt pa- maybe and Evans. Evans. Definitely Evans. I, I don't, and Hemsworth. I don't, and Hemsworth for me. You're better you don't than care all for the Evans. Christians. He's fine, but I like you more. Thank you. That's nice. I can't, I, I, I can't I, say that. I don't know. I got to think about it. Yeah. Pratt for so, sure, though. You're above Pratt for sure. Yeah, but that's because you actively dislike him. Still. <laughs> it's a very low bar. Still. Thanks. Pratt's not even my bottom Chris. Evans is my bottom Chris. Really? But, that's crazy. But I like Wilson better than Can we? Uh, can we do this for everyone just so I can feel better? Like... Like um, Jeremy Irons, uh, Jeremy Piven, Jeremy Renner, mm-hmm. Jeremy, who else we got? Jeremy Jack, uh, no. Nope. Jeremy <laughs> Jordan, the 90s singer? Who? He was a 90s vocalist. Yeah. Jeremy 90s Jordan? Maybe he doesn't count. Number. I think <laughs> he made one. that person up. Nope, nope. Who played Hobie? Jer- Wasn't that a Jeremy? <laughs> Okay, so wait. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I think I might like Hobie better than you, Jeremy. Fuck you. Fucking Hobie. <laughs> so if we add Sam's. I'm, I'm fucked if you add Sam's. So Sam, Sam Elliott Rockwell is. Sam Rockwell and Sam ass, Elliott. Sorry. Yeah. Rockwell they're both and better Elliot, than me. They're obviously. both better than you. Yeah, they're way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi is better than you. He's just made so many great movies. That's He's, true. Although he's made so I'm, many great movies. I might take a Herm over a, a, a Raimi, Whoa, personally. That's no. major. Well, then, that's crazy. I don't know anything about him as a guy. He made Spider-Man 2. What more do you need to know? More. Nope. <laughs> no. Yes. You asked me a question. I'm answering it. Did you, I have another question for you. Yes. The yes or no question. Did okay. you see Spider-Man 2? <laughs> Spider-Man 2. Yes. You're sticking with your yes. answer. Yes. Stick with your answer. Yes. Okay. I'm still thinking about where I'm going to put Cuomo in my Chris's. Yeah, let's circle back to that. Is he above Pine? To be the number one Chris? I can't. 
go that far. I don't know. <laughs> Who yes. would be number one? Pine is. Yeah, right Pine. Now. Cuomo's just around more often, so it feels like he is, but that's not fair to Pine. I agree. But he's number two. And the Hemsworth? Number three. Right. <laughs> you can be four. <laughs> After there's Chris another... Hemsworth. There's some other Chris's that don't get put in that group because they're not hunks. Basically, the entire group of Chris's, which is now five, is five hunks. If we yeah, it is. agree with Sam's contention that Como is a hunk, and I, she seems to feel strongly about this. Tell me how you can see it any other way. I, I guess I see it. I'll say this. I've never seen somebody so willing to have so much of their face be on a television screen for so long. It's so much face. So he must think he's good looking. And so I do, too. Let's get after it. Um, yeah, Spencer Confidential. It's a, it's a movie, I understand. Right. going to bite starring... this piece of apple, and then we can get, we can get after it. I'm going to bite this piece of shit. <laughs> so it's a movie. There's something, uh, I don't know why, I have like a block against this movie. I think it's going to be terrible. Was it terrible? No, it was a real delight, but I mean, I'm on, yeah. I'm at home, bunkered, so you have to consider that. Everything's going to be a little bit better in this context, right? Well, there's always better and ideas, you know? Then, yeah, it's true. You don't want to lock into Thunder Force. Yeah, no, I mean, I could think I could come up with something a little more vivacious. You could always give Thunder Force to a pet. <laughs> Thunder Force is a great name for like a, for like a, I don't know, a whippet. What's a whippet? Oh, like the dog? Like the little little greyhounds? <laughs> That's I was funny. picturing yes. a... That's really funny. An aerosol can. Thunder... Isn't that a whippet? That's, uh, yeah, that's when you have the uh, yeah, and that's when you, you have the nitrous, the nitrogen. bro. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. <laughs> You're wheezing the juice, and I'll only tell you, shit works. What was a wheezing the juice? Why do I? What's that from? Encino I feel like man? it's Polly Shore. Encino yep. Man. Yeah. Encino Man. He wheezes the juice frequently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. I think it means to suck um, free Slurpee out of the Slurpee machine in the 7-Eleven. Just put your mouth under the tap and just wheeze the juice. (laughs) Polly Shore is fucking king. Uh, I can't breathe. That's so funny. Wheezing the juice is very funny. (laughs) Oh. Oh, uh, have mercy! Whew. Hey, Holy. it caught America by fire. Like, it caught America. It caught fire in America in 1992, and we're just remembering. <laughs> this is our first ever non-theatrical get spoiled. This is a COVID-19 era episode, and uh, we've gone to a Netflix release, a dedicated Netflix-only exclusive release. I did yeah. watch it. I enjoyed it. Then I wrote down stuff that happened in it haphazardly, and now I'm going to look at those things and I'm going to say them out loud to you. Oh, right on. Let's that was get riveting. To it. Let's get to it. <laughs> I'm Mark- already right there. Yeah, let's get after it. Let's get after it. <laughs> Spread it on, guys. <laughs> Spread it on. Um, Go to her. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
And let's also welcome. You're my density. Uh, the... uh, let's do it. <laughs> um, this is the uh, third appearance of Marky Mark. Yeah. First, right. Yeah. The hat trick. First time that's happened on the show. So congratulations Congra- to Marky. Is he the first? Yeah. He's the first three times. Again, it's uh, a family, instant family. Yes. And then, and then the t- t- 20, 22 miles, 21 jump street, 20, 240 18, meters. Mile. Yeah. <laughs> mile bridges long. <laughs> <laughs> what is the name of the movie? 22nd mile. <laughs> 30 seconds to miles. <laughs> what is the name of the title? I the name don't of the title know. of the film. Mile 20. Name of the title of the film of the movie. Mile, mile 22. 22. Welcome back and welcome back. Uh, quite a cast. Um, this movie also features esteemed Oscar winner Alan Arkin. And then a few people from the non-film world, including stand-up comedians such as Eliza Schlesinger and Mark <laughs> yeah. Maron. Yeah, and friend of the podcast, Post Malone. <laughs> As Squeeb. So, Marky, I'm going to call him Marky, if you'll allow it. Mm-hmm. Marky, not Spencer, the, uh, the titular Spencer. No, but Spencer he, he, he is Spencer, but I'm going to call yeah. him Marky. So yeah, Mar- and Chris has mentioned this before, but what a shitty title, huh? It's not Just great. a terrible title. Spencer Confidential. <laughs> it ain't great. Not great. So Marky goes to see his cat. Marky's a cop. He goes to see his captain, uh, and he drags him out of the captain's house and beats him to a bloody pulp. We don't really understand why. We're hearing some sort of rumblings of him yelling accusations of the captain, but it, without any detail. So we're just seeing this happen, and we don't really understand the context. And wow. Bokeem, his partner, Marky's partner, pulls him off of the beating. And then we hear a voiceover of Marky just freely admitting it all to an IA investigation. He's like, yep, I did it. He's corrupt. He, I did it. I tried to kill him. Like he just very matter of factly says yes. And like has no apology for it. Okay. So this is every Marky film of all time (laughs) so far. Right. I like this literally. Yeah. Uh, So then we cut to five years later. He's in jail. Mm -hmm. Still every five, uh, every, every <laughs> Marky film of all time. Five years later, he's in jail. Yeah. He's in jail. Uh, for Is he wearing this... a white t-shirt and doing curls or something? <laughs> no, he's at the, um, the cafeteria area. Mm. He's probably in the orange jumpsuit, maybe. Yeah, I think he was. Yep. And uh, he's about to be released the next day. And he's gabbing with Post Malone, Squeeb, his fellow inmate. They've made friendship, it seems, and Poe says it's remarkable that a cop like you was in Gen Pop in prison for all these five years and like nothing happened to you. Like, you must have like a great rep and a great relationship. He's like, Yeah, everybody like gets along with me. What? I Sounds guess like it was a just... setup from Post Malone here. <laughs> Not even though, it was weird. And then Poe says, What are you gonna do when you get back? Once you get back to life? And Marky says, Well, I can't be a cop anymore, obviously, so I'm gonna train to be a truck driver. And that I've got a girl waiting for me, but she's an older woman named Pearl. And then all of a sudden, post Aryan brothers, like Aryan gang brothers within mm-hmm. the jail, come and join them. And it very instantly changes from this lighthearted little convo to a threatening situation where they tell him, once you get out of here and go back to Beantown, which is where he was living previously, like, you got to get out of Beantown. You can't stay Beantown. That's uh, I think that's a 
slang for Boston. Yes. So Mark Wahlberg's character in this film uh, kills from the Boston from, area. He's, he's yes. from Boston, yes. That's, yes. Yeah. that's in Massachusetts, he's correct? He's stretching. Okay. That's the choice. Hey, <laughs> Netflix, they're into bold choices. <laughs> now, do you feel like um, was Post Malone, a.k.a. Squeeb, was he um, was he in on this? Was was he the lead kind of guy to get the conversation going? Does he seem to be part of the Aryan yes. Uh, Brotherhood? Yes. Yes. Okay. He didn't feel like that he was that scary or that he personally hated Marky, but they had a message to deliver. Yeah, I would but say they post. seemed friendly otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a front, he's an open guy. Like I would. He was probably the best member of the Aryan Brotherhood to be the first one to like break the ice and start the chat, start the conversation. Totally. Yeah. If you got to hang out with someone from the Brotherhood, yeah, <laughs> it might as well be him. Might as well. Marky doesn't enjoy being threatened, and so instead of just internalizing the message, he pushes the cafeteria table upright and at them, getting into a massive prison brawl in which yeah. he gets stabbed, but uneventfully stabbed. Like he's totally fine. Did he think that they were about to beat him up? I don't think he did. So he's just reacting to what they're saying? Yeah, he runs hot. In any case, <laughs> he's stabbed, brawled. There's no punishment of that. He's released as planned. And oh, he's... okay. I thought maybe it was a stunt they were doing to keep him in jail longer. I thought maybe as no, well, no. but no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Seen that move before. <laughs> yeah. From my time in inside. <laughs> so he's released and he's picked up by Alan Arkin, who we don't quite know what their vibe is yet. I thought maybe uncle, grandfather. It's not that. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, Eliza Schlesinger shows up just after they've driven off. Because she was trying to pick him up. And we've seen okay. a flashback that she is his ex-girlfriend. And the flashback is of him having been arrested and her throwing all his stuff off the balcony, screaming five years, like you got five years for this. So we see part of the flashback, him standing at the street. She does the throw his shit out the window yeah. routine. Yeah. That sucks. Honestly, it's like, I wouldn't even pick it up. Like you're just making a mess. You're going to have to clean up. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm going to jail. I'm going to yeah, be I'm provided with my outfit. I don't need yeah. those clothes. Yeah. I think I'm going to prefer this mature woman, Pearl. <laughs> Who plays Pearl? (laughs) Well, we're almost there. So Arkin... I feel like it's a car or something. (laughs) Good call. You're really with me. lady that's waiting for him? You're really with me. Yeah, his gun. So Arkin lets him stay at his house. And so we realize that our... I'll just cut a little bit ahead to what Arkin is because it was a little bit confusing. He runs a boxing gym and his thing is that he helps ex-cons kind of get back into society. So he knew Marky from being on the other side of that in law enforcement and now he's giving that to Marky. Amazing. And he so helps he's, them. he's from the Boston area and he likes boxing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So great. Um, and he helps the cons, the ex cons by, uh, giving them a job when they get out. Like, Hey, you can hold the spit bucket at my gym. Not exactly the job, but like you can get your aggression out at the gym, like come and work it out and oh. you can stay here while you like get back into life. Okay. And some of them that work means- there, I guess. I mean, cool. As... Thanks for letting me use your punching bag, Alan. But and I live at his prefer house. Income. Oh, live at his house. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah. Is he trying to do a Boston accent or succeeding? I'm sure. It's a good uh, actor. He, not really. No, he's kind no. of as is. Cool. 
So, but how's how's is Marky going full on? Not a little bit. Eliza was going full Boston. Oh yeah, surprised. Just full. And I'm going to go ahead and assume that Bokeem just plays it straight. Bokeem. Straight Bokeem. Yeah, good. <laughs> he knows. Never change but straight Bokeem. So, Arkin, like I said, is letting Marky stay at his house. And Marky goes into what he thinks is his private bedroom and finds that he has a roommate with twin beds played by Black Panther's Winston Duke. I like this guy. Yeah, I'm a fan. So, Marky's a little bit annoyed. His character's name is Hawk, I notice. Is it? I don't know anyone's name. Hawk. (laughs) Do we want to go with Hawk? Yes. Go with Hawk. Hawk. I I can pivot. Okay, so Marky and Hawk are roommates, and we now learn that, that the old Roman Pearl was Marky's beloved dog. Dog. Fantastic. How long was he in the slammer for? Five, five years. years. Five long That's years. That's a long time for a dog. Yeah. And so now the dog is, it goes up to Hawk, and Marky's real jealous. Ooh, that fucking hurts. That stings um, like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. What kind of dog? I think it was a bulldog. I forget, but it's something in the smaller size. Awesome. Let's see. Okay, so then Bokeem comes by as his former partner to Sorry, say... Sorry, do, do they have a conversation? And, and like, does does Hawk reveal anything about himself? Like, I'm an ex-con too. I was in jail for this and um, he, so forth. He is, and that conversation happens, but a little bit later. I apologize. It's okay. He's very quiet. He's just listening to his headphones and petting the dog. He's not really giving much to Marky. Yet. Gotcha. You can't hold back from Marky forever. <laughs> you remember in Black Panther when I think um, Tim from The Office tries to uh, <laughs> he tries to get a word in edgewise at like a royal um, assembly uh, that Winston Duke's character presides over. And then Winston Duke and his his soldiers just bark. They just start barking <laughs> yeah. on top of him I love until that. he shuts up. Yeah, that's all time. That's an all timer. <laughs> We should yeah. we should start doing that, yeah. <laughs> like in meetings and shit. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> it it's not not like it says it all. It says everything you're trying to say. That's basically whipping it out. Yeah, yeah. it's breathtaking. <laughs> but it's also like whipping it out and saying to them, "Put it back in." <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, you're right. You are correct. You you win. <laughs> so Bokeem comes by. Put it back in. Is <laughs> the best thing you could ever say to anyone who whipped it out. <laughs> can you imagine if someone? Can you imagine if someone pulled their dick out in a meeting, put it down on the table, looked around the room, and said, "Put it back in." <laughs> That's the funniest thing. <laughs> Can it be a parrot? <laughs> Put it back in. Uh, <laughs> okay, so yeah, you're right. It's exactly like that. Exactly. Or it's like it's exactly like that. Except that when you whip it out, you say, "And it went up for wheezing the little juice." <laughs> oh my stomach! Okay, so Bokeem comes by and says, "Like, welcome back to town, Marky. Like, sorry, things all went." Like, they did, and then I couldn't really visit you that often, but, like, good to see you, glad you're well, come by, whatever. So, trying to just 
be nice and friendly to Marky. Class move from Bokeem. Yeah. Um, so then next we see the captain, and I don't know his name, but the captain that Marky beat in the initial scene. Mm-hmm. He's driving home, and he's on the phone with his daughter uh, over Bluetooth and talking about just really mundane stuff like, yeah, honey, I'll come home and help you with your project, but um, I'm just getting another incoming call. Don't be mad. I think I'm going to have to just deviate for a minute for work. Really, like, just nice, fatherly, normal stuff. And okay. he's told on this other incoming call to come meet at the, like, come meet at our spot. So while he's still on the phone with the daughter, he cuts back to her call. And he's telling her, like, I'm going to be a bit late. He gets rammed by an SUV. His car gets rammed by an SUV. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Classic and, ramming. Yeah. And then still on the line with her, he's attacked by a group of hooded men who drag him out of the car, beat him, and then behead him with machetes. Um, that doesn't take long. Nope. <laughs> he's had a rough. I'm sure that's what he was five thinking. years. Yeah. <laughs> he must have been like, long. he's like, this is even worse than five years ago when Marky Mark came into my house and beat the shit out of me, probably in front of my family. <laughs> this is worse. My head is off. Oh. <laughs> R.I.P. Captain Bluetooth. Yep. So Marky is all over the news. So Marky learns of it, and he's kind of glad because he still hates the man for what reasons we don't know yet. Um, so, but he's also confused. It seems like that's a, that's a bold crime. So I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> so then Bokeem and his new partner comes by again to question Marky and's like, you know, we have to do it because you did just get out of jail. Like yesterday. Now the captain's dead. We just have to go through the motions. Marky's like, I didn't do it. He's like, great. We just had to do our due diligence. Like, thanks for your time. That mm-hmm. was going through the motions? He's like, I just was asking here. Him? Yeah, it was really uh, cash. Yeah. Perfunctory police work. Yeah. Not the yeah. best kind of police work, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, they got, they're showing him respect. He's a former cop. Um, we don't know exactly what he went away for, but like, he runs they obviously. Hot, though. They know it. Yeah, they know it. Yeah. It's, like it's, he's been, it's been affirmed that he runs quite, quite hot. <laughs> yeah, they know that he has issues with keeping things confidential. Hot under the collar, if you will. <clears throat> yep. So then we learn a little bit more about what I told you about Arkin and the boxing gym and what he's trying to do for these ex-cons. And Arkin suggests that as a way for Marky and Hawk to bond, Marky can help Hawk with his boxing because Marky, of course, is a maestro of it. So he does. Uh-huh. Um, sure. So they start training together and Hawk reveals that he's also an ex-con, uh, as you surmised. And I believe his crime was manslaughter. We don't get a lot of information, but he has reformed in his own words. He's like, I just want to go forward, do good. I want to become an MMA fighter and use my gifts to do good in this world. I don't know what that means, but that's what he says. Then Marky starts seeing his truck driving safety course to get certified. So we cut away to that because he is trying to, you know, move forward with his life out of law enforcement. Is he good at driving trucks? Does he like it? He seems to like it. He seems to be having a great relationship with his trainer. It's a female. And uh, she's no nonsense. But he's taking it seriously. Has Marky, like Mark, it. has Marky Mark ever been bad at anything in any movie that he's ever <laughs> appeared in? Has he ever been bad at anything? I thought it might be a little bit of comic relief if he like couldn't get the truck into gear or something, you know? Yeah. Just at first. 
I would say the only thing he's ever been bad at, especially with a female instructor, BT dubs. That's true. That that does color. It's it. not like a flirty female instructor. She's older. Like that's not the vibe. Okay. Um, like Pearl's friend. I think Alan Arkin should probably pivot the gym towards MMA. I mean, that's where it's all headed. You know, these kids today, like Hawk, they all yeah. want to do the MMA. I know that's your business head speaking and not your boxing head speaking. I know. I'm an old soul like Marky. <laughs> I'm about the old squared circle, not this new fenced in cage thing. Yeah, yeah the squared circle. You got to when you come when you're when you're from downtown Beantown, you got to You got to say rough and tumble. It. OK, meanwhile, <laughs> a young woman approaches hey, her car after a shift of work and we realize because we see the dent in the front that it's the ramming SUV that rammed the captain. Who notices this? I'm sorry. A young woman approaches her car and she thinks she's being picked up by her husband. Mm-hmm. So she goes to get in and she finds her husband dead, shot to death inside the vehicle. Damn. Oh, interesting. Okay. And so hmm. what the revelation from that is, or what the conclusion from that is, is that that cop, that so her husband was also a cop, his name is Terrence, and that Terrence killed the captain, and they can hmm. see that because of the ramming, and then committed suicide from guilt. That's what they conclude from the evidence. Yeah. But we know that it was a gang of men, masked men. Yeah. He could have been one of them. Could have been. And I'm, from the evidence I'm presented right now, I don't know how Chris is feeling, but I'm going to say he was part of it. And then they, for, for some reason, the rest of the gang killed him. Well, we'll just have to continue. Because I mean, Marky, he's not buying it. Well, if Marky's not buying it, then I don't know what to believe. Yeah. <laughs> Marky's not buying that even that this guy was part of it at all? No, because he knows him. He knew him as a young cop, an up-and-comer. And he just doesn't think that he's the type to have done any of that. He was like, he was a great cop. He was on the ball, like, straight shooter. This doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. And Arkin begs him to let it go. But that's just not Marky's way. That's not Marky's way. <laughs> He can't let it go. No, that's true. I mean, he knows this man. He knows this man's soul from their younger days on the force. And he knows that this man couldn't have been part of the beheading of a police captain with a machete. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He knows it. He knows it. When he looks at a man, he knows whether he's been part of a machete beheading or not. <laughs> yeah. That's just something he can tell in people. So... He learned it in prison. <laughs> He goes to visit the wife, the widow, and he says, I knew Terrence before his death, and I just, I want to help you figure this out. She's obviously really shaken up, and she doesn't know what to believe. She kind of, you know, she has no reason to doubt it other than that she doesn't think her husband was capable of it, but the evidence seems to be tracking. And he says, can you tell me anything about the last day or the last conversation you had with Terrence? And she says, before he got home, he went to go see his partner uh, at the, like, known cop bar, known, like, after station hangout. And Marky immediately knows what that location is, so he goes right there and corners the Terrence's partner in the bathroom. Of the local Irish cop bar. I yep. just assume it's Irish. Yeah. Let's call it O'Hanrahan's. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a watered-down version of an Irish pub. Yep. Yeah. So him and the partner... Terrence's partner. Yep. Are in the washroom of O'Hanrahan's. Yep. Okay. And the partner's being like a little bit squirrely, but Marky's like, look, like I want to help things out. I knew Terrence. Like, you can't believe this, right? And he's 
kind of working on the partner to get him to say something. And But all the partner says is that Terrence was suspicious of the captain. That's all I know. And before he can really question him more, a bunch of other cops come into the bathroom and start beating the hell out of Marky, who, you know, he gets in his own few punches, but he's outmanned. Does Marky do anything to provoke that beating, or is this beating more straight up just they targeted him and went in there and... Uh, did Marky run hot, basically? Yeah, he did. He was mouthy. I'm asking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so the uh, other cops throw, like, physically throw him, like, Jazz from Fresh Friends, throw him out of the bar. And then he goes across the street yeah. to, yeah. <laughs> to a convenience store. That's one of those movie things that never actually happens in real life, but I always <laughs> want to see it. But it doesn't happen, you know? Never like, happens. Like, uh, similar, similar to the... Clench, clenching the hands and waggling them deep to each side of your head. I do that all the time. In What's victory. I know you do that, but it's basically basically because you and I had an argument about it like 20 years ago. I know. I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true, Sam. I have seen you do that in real life. <laughs> but do you, have you seen anyone else do it in real life? Nope. No, yeah, there's so. a reason for that, because it only happens in movies. And after I said it didn't happen in real life, Sam made it her mission to do it every day. <laughs> Yeah, you're not the only recipient. I just do so that good. whenever the opportunity strikes. I know. I enjoy it. Okay, so he goes across the street to the convenience store and demands to see the security footage. Remember the shake weight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry, I, I, I lost you there, Sam. What happens, what happens here? He goes across the street from the bar to the, it's the convenience store and he demands the security footage okay. that would be pointing at the, at the bar. Nice. Okay. And so Classic. he starts like, uh, like unhooking stuff, and the young kid is like, "That's just the, that's just our cable box." He's like, "Then where's the footage? Where's the security tape?" He's like, "It's in the cloud." He's like, "What the fuck is the cloud? Just give me the cloud." I really related to that. Uh, so just give me the cloud. <laughs> yeah, just take me money. to the cloud. That's good. Love yeah. That. Um. So I like kid, it. I think you. I think you really want him to be going all marky. Like as much as possible, full marquee. Who doesn't? So he gets the thing, the hard drive, and brings it home. And this is when him and Hawk really start to bond a little bit more because he needs Hawk's computer help. He's not like an expert or anything, but Marky's just so bad at it that anyone would be more helpful. So Hawk. Oh, so Hawk is just like a computer regular. Yeah. Yep. So they find the footage from the night before uh, of Terrence leaving the bar, like the wife said. And so they see Terrence's car, the ramming SUV. And then right after it pulls away, but we don't see for sure that Terrence is driving. We just see someone get into the car, but it's a little bit dark. Just can't make it out. And then right after that car pulls away, a yellow flashy Porsche falls off. And it looks like they're definitely doing, a, they're going to the same place together. Like, you know, I'll go, you go. Like, well, it's me. That's the vibe you get. Caravan. Yeah, exactly. And Marky's like, that's collusion. I thought Marky was going to go get the footage from just literally 10 minutes ago when a bunch of guys showed up to beat him up or something. But no, he went back days. To yeah, the... well, they show him getting beaten up too and Hawk laughs at it. It's like, I was out in <laughs> hand. What do you want from me? And Hawk gives him a little ribbing. He's, this is great detective work, great police work. <laughs> so then he goes to the murder site to check it out, which is basically a parking lot. 
doesn't really glean too much. Uh, what's and the then mur- what's the murder site? It's like a parking lot. Okay. okay. Captain's murder site, not Terrence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes back to visit the widow again, offering his help once again. He's like, I just really don't see this adding up. I saw his car pull away. There was a poor, like, it's just, he's not giving her all the info. He's like, I just, I want to help you solve this. I want to give you closure. And she's got a young kid and she doesn't want him to think her dad was a murderer. So she is willing to accept Marky's help. And she says, uh, our house was raided right after the killing and the cops found drugs. And so that's why they thought Terrence was corrupt. And Marky's like, did they know exactly where to go? And we see a flashback. She's like, yeah, they went right for it. He's like, mm-hmm, that seems strange, doesn't it? So he's on the presumption now that all this is just a big frame job. He's picked up the scent. Yeah. You can tell. I can tell, even from your retelling. Does he think that they they knew where to go? So do does Marky... They must have planted it then, right? That's it... the only... Well, yeah. is it a plant or that they knew where it was? No, it could be straight plant, or it could mean that the drugs were there and the cops just happened to know where Terrence's drugs were stored because they all colluded. It could technically mean that, too. True. My, my feeling from Marky's feeling was that he thought it was a full plant. Yeah. And that's why you've got to be better when you plant. Like, look around. Spend an hour looking around. Yeah, and like, then, throw like, some stuff aside. Sell it, like... Yeah. And then when you find it, be like, whoa, hey, everyone, look at this. And, like, truly sell that you've discovered something. Yeah. They just went right for it. I just, if I was to plant drugs, if I was a police officer who planted drugs, I would, yeah. <laughs> you can't just walk in and you can't just walk to the first drawer, open it up, and be like, here are the drugs. Like, that's so rough. Well, it depends on where you are and how crappy everybody else is. That's true. I think a lot that. of cops do exactly that and get away with it all the time. Yeah, probably like on the mean streets of Beantown. But like, give yeah. it some artistry. Instance, like, lean into the scene a little bit, bad cops. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, what would true. Denzel? What would Denzel in Training Day do? You know, he'd fucking <laughs> put on a show. Someone would end up like in the hospital. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. just from him demonstrating something. Yeah, and he'd laugh. He'd go, ha ha. Like, he just, he wouldn't even yeah. care that he hurt that person. Shot him right in the knee. Yeah. And he'd smile. Oh my God, Denzel's so good. <laughs> we should do anyway. a Denzel, but no, they're all too good. Okay, so anyhow, then Marky takes Hawk out for lunch, and it seems like he knows that it's a place where Eliza would be because she's also there having lunch with, uh, seems like a colleague. Seems like a non date lunch. Male or female? Male, but it doesn't seem flirtatious. Um, but so he and Hawker we'll like see. hanging and then Marky goes to the men's room and Eliza follows him into the men's room. And um, almost immediately after a couple back and forth about their past relationship, they start vigorously making love on the sink. <laughs> oh, my. What's the uh, what's the uh, inciting um, line? Put it back in. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't. Well, he kind of does. Anyway. And it's so loud that we just cut back to Hawk inside the restaurant, just hearing the, like, sink almost clamoring off, clattering off, and their moans of pleasure. Just echoing throughout the restaurant, yeah. The diners can all hear this. Everyone can hear it, yeah. 
How does Hawk react to that? He doesn't react. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, he just keeps having his meal. How does Eliza's male colleague, but he probably has a crush on her too, that's why they're having lunch. How does he take it? They don't cut to him, oddly enough. Mistake. Mistake, you're right. I didn't notice until (laughs) you asked. But yeah, they didn't cut to him. So after they've had sex, then she talks about their pregnancy scare right before they (laughs) arrest. And like... Wow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's weird. It's uh, a lot of different tones at play in the scene. from back in the day, right? Yeah, pre-arrest. And like, uh-huh. thank God it didn't. Thank God it was only a scare because then you went away. Even though I know you probably would have been a committed father, it was a lot of mixed messages. And then mm. she starts walking out of the bathroom, and he says, "Oh, you've got a little something on your dress. I think we all know what that little something is." And she says, "I'll keep it as a souvenir." And I thought that was gross. That is that is gross. You don't need to say that. So unprotected sex, I'm assuming. Oh yeah. Then as soon as that's over. She goes, hey, how about that pregnancy scare we had that time? Yep. <laughs> Jen flips right back Hello, and goes, talk. and then goes right back to, I'm about to enter a eating establishment, and I'm not only aware of, but happy that I have your semen on my dress. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Visibly. <laughs> this is the woman you marry, guys. This is the one. He's back at truck driving class with the female instructor and he's like, can I go drive that one yet? And it's like a massive black, enormous truck. She's like, no, you're not ready for Bertha yet. So he's doing the course, but he's, you know, gradually improving his skills, but he's got awesome. an eye for Bertha. I'm looking forward to Bertha reappearing in a climactic scene in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, later he's on a walk with Hawk and he sees the telltale yellow flashy Porsche from the security footage. Oh, just on a walk? Just out and about town? Yep. I mean, there's going to be some holes in my notes, but yep, they're just walking about. <laughs> mean, mean street of Beantown. <laughs> Your note said, on a walk about town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so Marky goes chasing after it on foot, but he loses it pretty fast and winds up in a backyard with a rabid dog. Um, and this has nothing to do with anything. Like the homeowner has nothing to do with any of it other than the homeowner comes out and almost shoots Marky, but it's unrelated to any of the investigation or any of the players. So he gets back to Hawk and Hawk very cavalierly says, he just reads out a series of numbers and Marky's like, you got the license plate of the car. Why did you let me go do that chase? And he just kind of shrugs playfully. Mm-hmm. So He's in a few words. <laughs> yeah. It really is. I get it. All right. So then Marky goes to the DMV and shakes down an old contact who works at the DMV. And the DMV guy is like, you don't work for, you're not a cop anymore. You can't just make these demands of me because he wants him to run the plate. And Marky says, oh, yeah, well, and he starts loudly yelling, how about that uh, handicap tag that you gave to that guy whose mother died five months ago and he just like rattles off all the corrupt things he knows a DMV guy has been up to Uh, that's cold from Marky to do that you know I that's a borderline move that's almost a dick move from Marky I think it's purely self-serving it is a dick move and at the time Marky learned that information about him he didn't do anything with it which is kind of an implicit like yeah I'm cool with you that you did that Exactly. But, yes, so it's self-serving, it but he's but he, the serving, he's in service of an investigation. A, a murder case, I know. That's where I'm, that's where I'm torn, because it is to solve a murder, so it's 
borderline. Do you think he struggled with this as much as you did? <laughs> Not at all. I hope. He, I I'd like to think he did. I'd like to think Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, he probably didn't. He just probably had himself at Jameson at night and wistfully thought thought about his day. No, he's an egomaniac, and I'm sure he does everything that comes into his head the moment it comes into his head. So mm-hmm. no. Yeah, in life and in his roles. He's the, the least scripts, confidential guy ever. <laughs> the scripts are more just like suggestions for him. Yeah. He just he does reads, what comes yeah. to him. He reads 30 pages and goes, got the gist. <laughs> Where's the camera? Are we rolling? Got are we gist. rolling right now? Chucked it sideways. Yeah. <laughs> just tell me which way to face. Mark, put your shirt back on. Are we rolling? Put your shirt back on. I have to say that he looks as youthful as the day is long in this film. It was remarkable. It was like cruise level frozen in time good he he is our you know he's a mere shadow of of the real thing but he might be the next best thing to a cruise i agree it's it's a steep it's a steep gap between them but yeah but anything would be when you're starting in a pinnacle of cruise right but he's someone that seems really obsessed with physical excellence and he's super hardworking. He has that Tom Cruise, like, work hard mentality. Totally. Yeah. Role models. <laughs> I'd love to see them work out together. That'd be a dream for me. So swap out Mario Lopez, <laughs> put in Tom Cruise. Have they ever done a film together? No. That's too much. That's too much for one screen. Yep. Tom I'd Cruise, watch like, it. Yeah. yeah. Of course I would. Cruz rarely lets any other swinging dicks enter this frame with him. He's pretty. If they did a movie, what kind of movie would it have to be? I'd love to see them do a buddy comedy. I'd love to see it. I just, it'll never happen. Never Tom will happen. Never let that happen. No. <laughs> they will. They will have to be on opposing sides. They'll. Have the only to way they would work is if somehow for that movie they did let him fly F-16s himself. <laughs> then he would do that movie. What a ripoff. <laughs> I'm upset. I know. Like, why draw? The, why are they drawing the line? Like, look at all you the things they let this stand in. Why? Let you can him. stand on the wing of it while it goes Mach four. Yeah, but you can't fly it. You can jump him. from it. I'm reading a book about Tom Cruise right now, and uh, is that true? Yeah, a, a Tom Cruise Anatomy of an Actor. It's a a serious study of um, his acting <laughs> through ten key films. It's staggering. Did you also write it? I don't even know where we are. I'm I'm overwhelmed. Okay. So. You don't know which movie, what even happens in Spencer Confidential. <laughs> circling back, circling back. Yeah. Okay. So the guy, the guy relents. He runs a plate, gives the information mm-hmm. to Marky. Marky quickly figures out that he does know the guy in question, who's um, the Porsche guy, and he calls him Tracksuit Charlie. Great. And it's a good name. Yeah, good name. and he tells Hawk all about him. He's a hired goon. He's a known hired goon or like hired tough guy for like all the bad gangs. I think the name tracksuit Car- Charlie gave that away. <laughs> There's really only one industry for you, and that's your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So years ago, there was a woman lobbying for a community. Um, it was getting gentrified, and she wanted to help preserve some of the local industry. And the rich people that wanted the gentrification wanted to shut her up, so they hired tracksuit tracksuit Charlie to threaten her. It didn't work, and it escalated. 
and eventually he pinned her dead cat to her door as a scare tactic. That didn't work. And then oh uh, oh. one evening, Marky happened to be on the beat, and he found a parked car that was leaking, and he opened the trunk and found her dead body and was the oh. one that had to notify her family. So that's his rich history with her. Then when he realized that the case wasn't being pursued, that her murder case wasn't being pursued, he tried to get answers of like why it was being stalled. Um, and then we cut back to the opening scene and this is why he was beating the captain. So we're, you know, time is a circle. We've reached that. So he stormed into the captain's house and he was drunk at eight in the morning. The oh, I'm sorry. Was. Wait, wait, wait. We, I, I got to fill that gap. So he he discovered a woman's body in the trunk of a car, and he did this back when he was on the beat. Yeah. From there, he looked into it, and he probably had to ask what detective was on that case, and he learned about where the case was, and he saw that the police weren't really investigating who murdered that woman. Yes. And, and they- for, how does he then... How do we get from that to him beating up the captain of the police force? Okay, I'm getting there. So he is oh, okay. annoyed the captain wasn't putting anyone really on it in a significant yeah. way. So he goes Fair to talk enough. to him at his house. The captain's drunk. <laughs> it's 8 and in the morning. Just a, he's just a beat cop? He's just a cop? I don't know what his rank was, but he was... Okay. Was he, in uni- was he in a uniform when he found the body? Yes. So he's just a fucking cop. <laughs> he runs so hot. This is... <laughs> This is Was there nuts. ever any doubt, Jeremy? This is nuts. <laughs> Can you imagine going to your boss's home because you're upset about something that they've done? Also, not just your boss. He's a beat cop. The, 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 it's your the boss's chief. boss's boss. It's, it's yeah. like he might not even know who you are. Yeah. yeah. Well, so he goes there. Like I said, I have in a feeling the morning, he knows who Marky is. Yeah. Who doesn't? He's drunk. There's, he notices there's broken glass everywhere, all over the living room. He peers in further and sees that the cop, the captain's wife is all bloodied up. Marky deduces that the captain has been beating her. That gets him blood curdled. Um, and so it's a combination of things. Number one, he realizes that the captain is a drunken wife beater. And number two, he quickly comes to the conclusion that if he's not putting someone on the case... It must be that he is trying to protect something and is corrupt. And he beats him to a pulp, as we saw in the opening scene. I'm glad they added, I mean, I'm not happy about wife beating, but I'm glad they added it to this story because it helps. Now I'm like fine with Mark Wahlberg beating the shit out of this guy because without that, I'm like, (laughs) that's pretty thin, dog. (laughs) Yeah, it was necessary. Yeah, the the wife beating really added a lot of uh, layer to it. Maybe Marky added that. He's like, guys, this doesn't make any sense for me to beat up my captain. Let's make guys, him a wife beater. This movie needs more wife beating. Like, well, we didn't really this write that in, Marky. Town. And no worries. Just when I show up to the door, when my character shows up to the door of the scene, well, uh, just um, show a bloody wife, and uh, then we'll know that he beats uh, his wife, and then it's fine. Okay. <laughs> this is much. Saudi, boys. <laughs> uh, all right. So he really... So the... That element of it complicates things. It becomes emotional, and he beats the shit out of the captain. Yeah. <sighs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So he's telling this all to Hawk, and Hawk, compelled from the singular factoid about the dead cat, he's like, "I'm in. I'll help you." He killed what? a cat. I'm in. Yeah. He's an animal lover. Mm. That's funny. 
So they start staking out. This is where I get a, like, a little bit limp with my notes. Uh, bear with me. So they start staking out Tracksuit Charlie at a nail salon, which is basically like his front for oh, all his bad owner. activity. Yeah. Um, so they're tracking him over a few days. And meanwhile, they're discussing, like, well, how does Terrence get involved with it? And Hawk makes a comment that maybe Terrence's death was a message. And that reminds Marky of the message he received at jail from Post Malone. So he goes back to visit Post. What? What? <laughs> what? Hang on. Wait, what? Sorry, quick question. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're talking about Terrence. So like, how does he... How is he part of it? And Hawk Great says question. maybe killing Terrence was a message to everyone else involved that, like, whatever this is, you have to stay quiet. And, okay, fine, fine. Maybe the killing of Terrence by someone we don't know was a message to other people we don't know to keep quiet. Yes. And Mark okay. instantly makes the leap. He hears the word, like, a message. He's like, wait, I also received a message mysteriously from Post Malone. I'm going to so go the, the and... Where- the word message is yeah. the connection? The yeah. word message? Yeah. What? And, like, the, he was being railroaded out of town and seems to be something in the cop community. Something's afoot. Okay, what does Post have to say? So he goes back and visits. Yeah. No, just <laughs> just accept understand. it. Just lean in. So he goes to visit Post. They're in, you know, with the partition between them, with the phones. And he says, yo, when you gave me that message to leave Beantown, who did, who told you to give me that message? Who was the, like, main person of that message? Post doesn't want to reveal anything. And then Marky says, well, how about after I show you this? And we see that he's smuggled in his phone because somehow everyone loves him. Even though he was very recently a prisoner there, the guards let him smuggle in his phone. Right, because he was friends with them, too, back in the day, right? He was friends with everybody. Of course. He's like, hey, see, how do you mother for me? Yeah. And they're like, okay, Jimmy, or whatever the fuck his name is. Spencer. <laughs> yeah. So he holds what up his stupid phone. stupid name. <laughs> he holds up his phone, which is in a call, uh, FaceTime call with Arkin. And Arkin is holding up the phone and videoing Post's wife having drinks with Hawk. Marky is like showing, Marky yeah, is live. showing live. his phone. And on that phone is an image of Alan Arkin holding up his phone. No, holding up. He's holding up his own phone, and then he tilts it. He's like, hey, I'm Alan Arkin. And then he pivots the phone, and it's displaying, like, across the room, Hawk <laughs> and post-wife having okay. a drink. But Hi, still, I'm Alan Arkin. <laughs> that's still a phone of a phone of two people having drinks. Well, it's just the uh, other end of the call. It's the other end of the call, yeah. Just like any FaceTime is a phone of a phone. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I should have mentioned, I don't know how phones work. I don't know what phones are. My bad. You're looking at a phone, and it's showing what's being filmed by the other phone. It's the same thing here. You lost me at the word phone. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking phone. on right now? A microphone, a, a Bluetooth snowball. Bluetooth. A blue snowball. A blue snowball. Well, if you recall, um, Post is racist, man. I do recall. Um, and so seeing his wife with a black man, Hawk really gets his goat. And Marky says, I don't think your racist Aryan Brotherhood brothers would like the sight of this, would they? And that alone incites Post to give him more information. What? Post is not very good at being a criminal. <laughs> no. Post, what are you going to... And you're in jail. There's nothing you can do to stop her from having sex with a white man or a black man or a man of any other color. 
Yeah, and, and like, whether it, you give this information up or not has no impact. And I think your brotherhood <laughs> brothers would see that. It and is also, funny to like do it. It's they don't seem to have anything to do with each other, and yet that's his trigger to give up more info. And also, like Hawk is just like immediately suave and good at flirting with the wife. Like she's into it. Yeah, he's oh, he just dope. turned it on. Yeah, like immediately they're mid drinks. So all Post tells him is, "I don't know much, but uh, it involves the word Wonderland." And then Marky's like, "Arkin, call him off." And Hawk, like Arkin, calls over Hawk, and Hawk leaves the wife, and she's very disappointed. And this all happens live on camera, streaming to prison. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and so Post is feels like he's done his job. <laughs> yeah. He gave up the info, put an end to that. And saved Black his... man potentially boning down on his wife. Oh, okay. Okay. God, what happens next? Okay, so Marky goes to the nail salon to confront Tracksuit Charlie, and he rams his face into the pedicure basin, uh, like, partially drowning Rams him. tracks of Charlie's face into the basin. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the basin that's filled with water, foot water. Um, and uh, tracks Does tracksuit Charlie wear a tracksuit? Yes. Okay. I thought maybe Is he an older gentleman? Like 50, maybe. All right. Okay. And he tells Marky that Wonderland is a new future casino that's currently being built. Okay. Somewhere, that, outside, the, somewhere outside the city limits kind of thing, probably? Like, yeah, is it like nearby, a... but like around. Right. On a reservation. Like, like a Foxwoods. Something a like Foxwoods. that, yeah. Okay, so then, I forget how this happens, and I almost forgot this even was involved at all, so I'm just going to leap into it and just accept it. So Marky gets linked in with a reporter who's also looking into all the gang activity in town, played by Mark Maron. What gang activity? Just like, he's a crime reporter, just in general. Okay, all right. And... Mark Marin tells him, he just really drops, like, a lot of information in this one scene. He's like, yeah, Wonderland is run by a combination of Dominican thugs, dirty cops, and a Mm -hmm. rich syndicate of just wealthy financiers. But I I feel like this just turned into a new movie. (laughs) That's, you know, I'm still dwelling on, like, why Marky Mark beat up his police captain, which was the (laughs) the first scene of the movie. I won't lie to you guys. Like I, I'm still thinking about it, yeah. and at this point, I've submitted to a reality that I don't know and I don't want to live in. Uh, sorry. Um, so Wonderland is run by a it's a it's a three part business. There's three separate ownership groups: Dominican gangsters, mm-hmm. dirty cops, and some some kind of wealthy kind of mystery financier types. Yes. Great. <laughs> Thanks, Mark Marin. <laughs> So, but he doesn't have enough conclusive information to really get any traction with the story. This is all just from, like, gathering bits and pieces and informants and stuff like that. And he's actually been moved off the crime desk. Because he talks too much. Yeah. So, Marky, armed with that information, he goes to the grounds of where Wonderland is being built to check it out. Um, and he's menaced off by some young Dominican men, I believe. Okay. Definitely menaced off. And he's like, oh, I, I was just coming to check it out. I, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, he goes soft Marky, not hot Marky in this scene. <laughs> I did not expect to see him ever back down in this film. <laughs> it's the one time. Uh, so he takes off. And then we cut to, and this is just like a hard reveal. 
which I had kind of suspected, and I think you suspected, but he just really gives it away right now. So we cut to Bokeem, and he's talking to his new partner, and he's like, you know how a feral cat can really come at you, and you want to put a bell on them so you can hear them coming? Well, sometimes you just can't get the bell on them, because someone has to do that, and so instead, you just have to take out the cat. Uh-huh. Okay. Mar- Marky is that cat. And they can't get a bell on him. Yep. Were they trying to get a bell on him? Marky. They hadn't. He's like, I know we can't get a bell on Marky. I know Marky. So there's only one other option. you got to put down that cat. Yep. I thought it was a cool analogy. Even though he just, like, had not been a clear villain yet, now he's just outed in this film. I, yeah, I did not see that coming. I didn't see a lot of things in this film coming, but this one is is a fun. This one's a fun surprise. Yeah. <laughs> so Marky's just at a takeout stand. Uh, Hawk is in the car waiting, and Marky is attacked by a group of machete guys. Oh no! And Hawk is in the car listening to loud music, and just in the nick of time, he realizes that Marky's in trouble, and he rams the vehicle through the takeout place. Um, saving Marky, but then Marky gets in the car and he's like, this is Arkin's car. I'm not taking the blame for this. Like, he loves this car. That's how cavalier he is about almost being murdered by machete guys. Yeah. His whole life, his, yeah, his whole life is just a series of violent incidents (laughs) and he's so comfortable coming out of them. I love it. And do, and uh, Hawk seems that way too. Hawk commits to helping Marky so comfortably for no reason they've known each other for three days yeah but he also kind of has this thing where he's like he helps you but he doesn't he does it in a way that's minimal effort from him right he's actually been very quiet and very still yes right all these scenes where like marky runs and chases a porsche and he just stands there and or marky gets in a brawl with machete guys and he's like listening to music in his car because True. he's, uh, they've got that jail thing in common, right? Like, they've got the sort of, like, I'm in it for me, but, you know, we're cool, so here I am. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is, did, were you digging their vibe, Sam? Oh, of course. It's Brotherhood. Yeah. <laughs> it was Brotherhood. It was, of course. It was, there was tenderness. It's Brotherhood. <laughs> and it was over, like, the athletic arts. I, what more could I ask for? Uh, sword play, I guess. I could ask for sword that. Play? You could. You could have asked for a few swords, some sabers or something. <laughs> some kind of a kill blow. <laughs> so then they realize that, okay, he got uh, away from the machete guys, but clearly someone is after him. And that also Indeed. means that Arkin could be in danger. So they, being the one that's housing Marky, so they have him move into Eliza's house. She's a complete bitch, but... She's like, fine, he can come. And, like, her house is overrun with dogs. And she's like, I'm, that's her business. She's a dog groomer or something. And she's just gross. I hate her. <laughs> <sighs> wow, judgmental much? So then the Marky goes back with Hawk to visit the widow, Terrence's widow. Because she calls him and her house has been broken into. And he's like, it's just, is there Again? any? God. I think again, or she just wanted to contact him. And he's like, look, I'm really trying to help, but is there anything more you can tell me? 
Is there anything that Taryn said that was unusual or like any insight into the captain or anything that you can tell me? And finally she gives him a recording that Terrence had hidden. And so that's also part of why the house was broken into because the know. bad cops were trying to find it. She, this is what his third time checking in with her. Yeah. And each time he's like, can you tell me the whole story this time? <laughs> yeah. And she just gives him a little third time. She's like, Oh, there was this recording. Yep. Does she justify why she sat on that the first few times? I think maybe she only unearthed. I don't remember, but she only gives it to him now. She's grieving. I mean, I'll forgive her, but gosh, she's really wasting a lot of Marky's time. (laughs) And she should have given all of this over to the police. But I guess maybe she's worried about the police because her her husband was police and he got killed, right? Yeah. She doesn't know where to turn. Other than, of course, to Marky. Only Marky, yes. I just wish she would have given all the information in the first place, but it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) So... (laughs) We flash back to the recording being recorded, and it's Terrence in the car with the captain, and he's pretending to also be bad. And Terrence is like, he's trying to get welcomed into the corruption. It's like, yeah, like I, I'm interested. Like, what, what's the deal? What are you up to? Who's on the take? And so on the recording, the captain admits that he is corrupt, but we don't I hear the corrupt. full recording yet. We just hear like the first taste of it. Of that conversation. Of Terrence trying to elicit information from the captain that he's bad. I am corrupt. (laughs) Is this thing on? I am corrupt. Uh, Let me just start. uh, Terrence, before you go any further, I just want to get one thing clear. I am corrupt. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) So then we cut to Marky and Hawk standing on top of a bridge over a freeway. And with precision and one try, Hawk throws a rock perfectly at a truck's windshield, which then has to pull over. Then they race down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Super dangerous. Super dangerous. They rush down. And so some of this, I'm sure I've missed little glimpses of it. And I'm just cutting to what Marky has concluded without taking you on his journey. But that's as best as I can do. Um, but so they take over this truck and they find um, all these drugs hidden in the back. What, why did they know that? Why did they know any of that? Exactly. Why did they know exactly. that truck had drugs? Exactly. What's happening? What exactly. led them to what led them to the top of the bridge? What led exactly. Hawk to Can't throw remember. a rock at a moving Can't truck? Can't exactly. <laughs> I know what you're asking, and the answer is exactly. <laughs> So they get good drug truck. <laughs> you can be too good at being a detective, and that's what's happening here. It also happened in Birds of Prey. <laughs> yeah, but that was Rosie Perez. Yeah, that's much more believable. Okay, it's going to make sense in a second. I just, like, getting there is uh, out of order. So then okay. we hear, like, okay. a little bit more of the tape. And yeah. so what we learn from the tape is that... Oh, I see. So, this is stylishly. This is stylish filmmaking, and they're, <laughs> they're, I see. I'm the asshole. Okay. So what? When I said that it was a three prong casino dynamic, it wasn't so much that the cops owned it. And this is where we learn this: the cops, led by the captain, wanted to be like the cops of record, like the corrupt cops of record for the casino operation, and therefore they would like be rewarded with all these big time kickbacks by the casino owners, by the syndicate. I'm sorry, the, the corrupt cops of record? Yeah. What are you talking about? Like, they wanted to be the What is he ones. talking about? They wanted to be, like, the guys, the go-to guys, and they had to prove it by showing that they could do drug trafficking. 
And that's how because we learned about the trial. We're back to we're back to things that should be confidential that are not at all confidential. How do you? What would a casino? So, so I'm sorry. The casino was like, look, we're going to need a gang of dirty cops, and we're open to different. You know, we might go with state police. We could go with feds. We could go with the city uh, division. We need dirty cops to sort of be available when we need dirty cop shit. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to need you to basically audition for this publicly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, city of Boston, you ran drugs successfully. You killed who you needed to kill when you needed to kill them. Uh, we're awarding you the contract, the contract of casino dirty deeds. And I think maybe they also had to, like, give a, a little money into it. I don't know. They needed to do this drug stuff for the long term. For the long time. God, Just... I wish Denzel was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like none of that made sense and I'm sure I missed half the details but just accept it to be true they found the just... truck with the drugs oh no wait right. oh no I'm gonna need more explanation about that drug what truck drugs? no drug truck, truck from truck. the from dirty the win- cop drug runners yeah. who were on their audition for to win the casino job <laughs> I'm with you I'm up I'm ready we're almost at the end of the movie I'm it's all falling apart okay so they call Eliza and she tells them that Arkin is gone. They're like, what? He was supposed to be there hidden. She's like, I can't control him. And then immediately after that, Arkin's phone calls Marky's phone on FaceTime, but it's not Arkin, it's Bokeem. And Bokeem. he's like, yeah, yes. he's like, yo, cause so now, now I understand what happened. So we'll clean up this mess of this recap with strong, strong finish. Um, There's Bokeem. been no mess. This is, this is spotless. <laughs> You are, you and your recap are spotless. <laughs> he says, come to Wonderland, bring my drugs that you just lifted from the truck, and I'll give you back Arkin. Okay. That's Marky, very clear. Yeah. So Marky and Hawk are like, I guess we got to do that. And Eliza's like, I'm coming too. Just everyone's like willing to put themselves at risk for Marky. Um, yeah. She should come. She'll, she'll be a valuable <laughs> member of this job. <laughs> what does she do for a living? Something in the dog world. Oh right, he's, the dog world. He's surrounded by animal lovers. Yeah, I notice. He should. She should bring some useful service dogs with her. She does not. She just actually comes in Boston hot. I mean, she's well matched for Rocky because she comes in hot too. She comes in Boston hot up to Bokeem's car. It's just her by herself, and she's like, "Give me Arkin," and wow. she basically drags him out of the car. And right before things are going to escalate badly, as she drags Bokeem out of the car, Arkin. Oh, okay. So just as things are going to, like, get into a bad situation, uh, Marky and Hawk plow into this cluster of cars with Big Bertha, as you anticipated. Yeah. So he went back to the driving truck driving school and stole Big Bertha? Yeah, we don't see that happen. He just comes yeah, in with he, it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't need to see it happen. But he's just, allowed to steal cars happened. because he's an ex-con <laughs> cop. Yeah. He knew the guy working at the truck uh, depot. Yeah, they went to school together in <laughs> Selby. Thanks, Bobby. Say hi to your mother for me. Yeah. I was gonna I'll bring this my back in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, Bokeem is there with, like, a cluster of other cars with his crew. Yep. And, of dirty cops. Of dirty cops. And Marky and Hawk just plow into all of them with Big Bertha. Yep. A shootout ensues. Okay. Are the Dominicans there? I know they were there earlier. Uh, I think they are. Good. I, I hope all three ownership groups are represented here. Are the wealthy financiers involved? I don't think They're, they are. Of course. They always stay in the shadows. Yeah. Intelligentsia. Yeah. <laughs> Illuminati shit. 
So. They're FaceTiming in also. <laughs> so, it's a double screen situation. Yeah, a shootout ensues. Marky's um, kill blowing a lot of people. Like he's uh, really a one man army. Because like Just you said, people there, but he's not as active in the controversy. Okay. Really, um, I thought I thought they were playing it cool with Hawk all movie, and then he was going to explode at the end and be the most violent. But it sounds like Well, no. I think they get into fisticuffs. He uses his boxing. But I don't think he kills anybody. I see. Does he, just... he, does he like, kneel on anyone's chest and pound them in the face like real MMA? I don't think he does, no. No? He doesn't put anybody in a sleeper hold? <laughs> no. Um, and so this kind of plays out without a lot of problems. Like, they just take care of everyone. And Marky gets a hold of Bokeem, has him on the floor in kind of a wrestling move, and is like, I'm about to make a citizen's arrest. Cool. Ooh, yeah. We could have done better there, guys. <laughs> we could have punched that up. And then? And then, so everything is resolved. It's Hawk, Arkin, and Marky, and they're out for lunch, and the news is on in the restaurant, and they watch, like, a series of news blips hosted by Mark Marin and he's back on the crime beat. So Marky is like giving him all the information, presumably. That was nice. nice. And like, yeah, he gets the like nod as being the one to have uncovered it. He gets the big scoop. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then he sees a new news item on TV that a firefighter was arrested for some other weird crime. <laughs> and Marky's like, I know that guy. Billy and I went to high school together. Like, there's no way. I don't believe it. And Arkin <laughs> says, Come on, just let it go. And then Marky leaps up into action because, you know, he can't. He can't let anything go. 